and welcome to Two Fat Expats. And when we say fat, we're not talking bathroom scales or excess luggage. Two Fat Expats are all about making the most of your expat adventure and filling it up with as much as you can so that when it's all over, there's no regrets. You've lived a fat expat life. I'm Kirsty Rice. I'm an Aussie expat who's based in Doha, Qatar, and I'm joined by Nikki Moffat. Hello. Another Aussie, but Nikki's in Hamburg, Germany. We've lived in 12 countries between us. We consider ourselves experts in all matters of the geographically challenged. Between us, we've given birth in six countries, and we know what it's like to pack up yet another kitchen, start looking for another job, and wave goodbye to that brilliant hairdresser it took you 12 months to find. We've both made those first steps into the brand new office, or worse, the new school, and at times we've found ourselves jobless, friendless, and starting afresh all over again. Each week we talk to expats who are from all over the world, and we discuss our favourite finds, our biggest stuff-ups, and we get the best tips for packing it all in. Okay, are we ready to go? Let's do this. Nikki Moffat right here in my lounge room. How are you? I'm a teensy bit warm, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. The plan is never to complain about the warm weather, Kirsty, and the amassing <laughs> of vitamin D, the storage of vitamin D I'm putting together. So to paint the picture, Nikki, who usually is in the dark depths <laughs> of Hamburg, bunkered down in the snow, is now here in South Australia where it is 41 degrees today. And for those who operate in Fahrenheit, that's 105. And we are, I don't know, how far from the beach? Um, a couple of hundred metres, a few hundred metres. Yeah, metres a few hundred metres from the, the beach. Flies. Although this town has a lot of turns. To get <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are just a few hundred metres from the beach. We're at my place. This brings me back because the very, very first podcast episode I did with Sarah, we sat at the lounge room table and recorded. And I haven't done that in so long. Do you know, you and I, how many how many seasons have we, three or four? Four, this is our fourth season, yeah. We've never been in the room together. Never been in the room together. And then only recently we actually started looking at each other over a screen. That's right. I used to do all sorts of things when I was talking to you that I can't do anymore. Absolutely. Like eye roll. (laughs) Nikki, what we're going to do today is um, we figure this is our very first episode of 2020. Instead of moving on with what's, you know, what's happening in 2020 was we would do a very quick, what was our favourite things that we read and saw and did in 2019, just very quickly, and maybe do a little catch-up. I have put a note out on Facebook to ask people how they're going, how their holidays are going. One of the topics someone said is they wanted to talk about having a place at home and what did we think about having a place at home because they felt that all they'd done this past holiday was maintenance. Now, Nikki, you have a block of land that's right. <laughs> so not a lot of maintenance. Not a lot of maintenance, although it's currently in a fire evacuation zone. So yeah. we'll see what happens then. Fingers crossed and hopefully everything's okay there. But, yes, not a lot of maintenance. We only just have to pay all the silly rates for things that we don't even get, like water and garbage yeah. and all those things. And land tax, I imagine. And land tax, although yeah. this year the value's been bumped up and so the land tax has come down. So uh, when we were asked about what do you think about having a house at home, so for me it's um, it's a non-negotiable because I am home or I am sorry, I'm back in my home country uh, quite a lot because I have three children here now who are not fully independent yet. So I have one who's at university and so she's quite independent and doesn't need my help but then I have two at boarding school. So that still involves having to be here to pick them up or drop them off at the beginning and the end to take them on the holidays to, you know, be at school events during the year, et cetera. So I kind of feel once we kind of got that tipping point of having X amount of children here, yeah, I cannot imagine not having a house here. And also because it's an investment, so it's good to have that. I'm also a taxpayer in Australia, so that makes a big difference because I'm a dual tax citizen, so I 
this can be a primary place of residence too. I mean, it just depends sort of how you kind of work it. So I think it's all a bit, it's a different time for me. The first 11 years that I was an expat, I did not have a home in Australia. Um, and it made no sense to have a home in Australia because we would have been lucky to come home for more than three weeks at a time. Yeah. So I, I guess my answer to that is horses for courses of where you're at in your life stage. Yeah. I mean, do you wish you would have bought a house here 20 years ago? Well, we had a house. We had two houses yes. and we ended up selling them because the land tax that we had to pay having a house in Sydney was astronomical. Yes. And there's no way you can make the numbers work. So yeah, the land tax was extreme and then you just had to, if you wanted to keep it, you just had to take that and say, okay, well, the house is appreciating in value and one day we may live in it again. Yeah. But, in fact, we were sort of that, like, worst house in a great street situation and we would never live in that house we would have had to knock it down and rebuild and so we just thought and we were in the stage where we didn't know if we're ever going to go back to Australia which we also still don't know now yeah and so while it would have been great to keep it and of course Mm. as an asset etc etc appreciating asset our financial situation at the time just didn't let us do that and Mm. I think we feel okay about it we have our block of land. Uh, we have other bits and pieces. And as my husband says now, we don't have any debt. Yes. So we are, whatever we have, we can yeah. build on for our future retirement, whatever. Yeah. And we're going into it with no debt. So that's the way we tell ourselves it's, yeah. it's okay not to have a place here. I, I yeah, couldn't agree more. And I think that that whole no debt as an expat, that is gold because, there is nothing worse than in the back of your mind thinking, what if this all turns pear-shaped and we've got X amount of dollars that we owe, no job, and we've got to get home and we've got to do all this. If you are debt-free, you have so much more to work with. You know, you can choose where you want to go, where you want to be, what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, and I think so. Look, and, and the argument is you can never get back into the Sydney property market and when we look at our friends' houses and how much they all cost. And mm. but we don't really want to go back to Sydney. That's not mm. we can't see that in our future. Mm. So that's okay as well. But sitting here last night talking to your kids about it, I think and you've talked about why you made that decision, but it's been a perfect transition for them, really. Yeah to have that mm-hmm. and in the next two years I mean we're looking at our children transitioning perhaps back to Australia so certainly something to think about yeah and I think just so everyone knows what you're talking about um so you had a conversation with the kids last night when I was inside you know packing the dishwasher or doing whatever <laughs> yeah some, some, some sort of household <laughs> job that I was not doing because I'm on holiday and what did you ask them what did you say uh, so I asked them, I said, I asked um, your eldest son who is at boarding school, he's just finished his first year. Yeah. And I said, do you find it tricky that, you know, you come from all these places, you have this exotic kind of background mm-hmm. given that you guys are in the Middle East at the moment? He said, no, I come from here. I come from Australia. That's all I say. Yeah. And so I, th- and then your daughter also said, no, that's what I do too. I just say I'm from here. And it's not complicated. And it didn't make them, uh, they weren't denying their, yeah. their entire background, but they just felt very comfortable mm-hmm. given that you guys have a house here, given that, that well, this, you, this is your second house here because you've built yeah. this one. And they just felt very comfortable saying that this is where they came from and they didn't have to deal with any of the additional yeah. conversations that go around. Yeah. Where do you live? How long are your parents yeah. there? When yeah. are they coming? Yeah. All yeah. those kinds of things. So I just thought that for what, and then we talked about it later, just the adults when all the children went on the mm. Wi-Fi, that, um, you know, that it's a perfect transition really. So that you yeah. wanted somewhere for them to feel was a home yes. when they were going to be living here in this yeah. country and you created that. So yeah. so many people worry about what's going to happen, where will my kids feel an anchor, all yes. that kind of stuff. And so I think that's it's really hard. Yeah. And it made me go away last night and really think about it and think, you know, that that is tough. If my kids come here yeah. in the next 18 months, we won't have anything here. Yeah. Um, 
And so will they feel that having family here is enough? And, you know, yes. we, we obviously intend to send them into a very family-heavy area yes. uh, as opposed to somewhere completely different. So. Which is an absolute secret to success, I yeah. think. Yeah. Look, I think I, th- I reckon you could almost break out expat time up into two separate times of, of those first 11 years where we didn't have a house here and we didn't come home for long periods of time. I mean, we, we did once when the children were really little, when we were moving from Canada to, sorry, when we were moving from Libya, Libya to Canada. But they were tiny, but I was here for quite some time while we were getting houses sorted, visas sorted, whatever. But we really were blow in, blow out, you know, come in, camp on someone's floor or stay in a service department or rent something or whatever and then off we went again very quickly. And 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 they didn't, I mean, I can remember back then, you know, while I was still teaching them the Australian anthem and telling them <laughs> they were Australian and reminding them what Australia was, they, they weren't living as Australians, you know, they were very much expat kids. But I think there was a very conscious decision and a lot of it comes down to, I think, my husband went to university in a new town in Australia, which I think we need to explain to Americans, that whole university thing in Australia is very different. Like yeah. we don't have um, that we don't have everybody comes from somewhere else and lives in residential or do whatever. Many Australian cities, those kids have grown up in those places. Except your you went to university. I in went the country. to university like yeah. like Americans do. Yes, yeah. yeah, in more of a rural yeah. sort of area. Um, but so we knew that if we kept down the path we were, that the kids would start university, you know, with their very expat lives and have to just jump in and find their peeps. Boarding school made that transition a lot easier because now they have their peeps. I'll tell you something, Nikki, one of the cutest things that I really made my day because, you know, you get completely... Um, surprised by things you know yes. like we say oh well, we thought this child would really struggle and then that child does well or we thought this would happen and that did that and then it doesn't happen but one thing was at my son's Christmas party at the boarding house I was talking to one of the mums because all the boys that my son is friendly with are all very very rural they have very mm. Aussie accents they all come from farms it's all about being on your motorbike or fishing or camping or driving your ute or doing whatever. And so they've lived a very different life from him who lived a very expat um, American accent, whatever. But I was saying to one of the mums while one of the boys was standing there, um, you know, I'm just so surprised that Fred's done so well. Do you know, I really, I really wasn't sure whether people would be kind to him. And she said, oh, Why? And I said, well, you know, he, for one thing, he sounds different from everyone else. And this little boy, well, he's not little, but he's 15, just looked at me and he said, but that's what we love about Fred. You know, we love that he speaks with that accent. We get him to talk like that all the time. Yeah. And so there was this thing that I was so worried about, thinking you're not like everyone. You're going to open your mouth and everyone's going to say, where are you from? And you're going to feel alienated because you're not from here. Yeah. Well, it ended up being one of his biggest selling points. Yeah, you know? it can be. Yeah. Although, does he sound that different now? I think he's, he's He melding. sounds a lot different now. Yes, yeah. he's definitely melding. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he tries so hard to speak with an Aussie accent to the point that, and particularly in South Australia, you know, we say plant and dance. We don't say dance and plant. And so you can see his head sometimes gets a bit confused because he's trying so hard to say plant and dance. <laughs> but then he'll say he has to go and do math. And I'll say, no, it's, it's still math. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but that's hard. It, it's really, it's very uh, tricky. Like English yeah. is a tricky language. And yeah. then when you have uh, accents and then there's dialects, <laughs> South Australia really is a, it's its own world, as I constantly say. Even when we were sitting at the beach yesterday, I said to my husband, it's really a different lot of people at the beach here, isn't right. it, than there was in our last <laughs> beach destination in northern New South Wales. I was like, just really different. Yes. yes. Yeah. And we don't have posh beaches either. Like I think in in maybe in Sydney as well, you can have certain beaches that are quite nice, you know, and there's a, you know, Palm Beach or whatever. Yeah. Whereas 
Adelaide, there's just not enough people. <laughs> we're, we're there's a mix of everything. Joe, you're not going to get that. Yes. Um, so what has been, do you think, for your kids, because it's been four years since you've been in Australia. Yeah, I was actually quite surprised to realise it's been four years. So I saw all my family two years ago when we went to Bali for a holiday. Mm. And so that's my reference point in that yeah. they all saw their cousins and that was kind yeah. of nice for them. We do every two-year cousin photos, which they all hate. And uh, so I hadn't missed one of those. But then I realised I'm sort of like this hidden immigrant because I sound the same as everybody else yes. when I'm walking around and talking to people but I really still have no idea about how to do some things. I mean, okay, I do know how to do the self-checkout uh, now. Right. I'm a big fan. Uh, but they had those last time. But they're just bits and pieces that you have. And there was one experience where I was in um, – we're just going to throw this in early. This is sort of my eyes spy with my expat eye thing. Uh-huh. So I was in uh, Kingscliff in northern New South Wales and I w- went into the IGA supermarket, which is where they sold the newspapers, and I wanted the weekend newspapers because yeah. most Australians love to sit down on the, well, yes. I do, on the weekend with the big broad sheets, open them up, spend hours just pouring over the bits and pieces. And, and I was so devastated when the guy said to me, there's no magazines, there won't be any no. until the 8th. Of January and I said I'm going on the 6th of January this is, seems unfair and then I said okay I've got these two that I had this new morning herald on the Australian and I said what about a financial review and he said oh this lady here has just taken the last weekend financial review and I said oh no I said I'm only here for three weeks and I live in Germany and it's a, and, and he's just looking at me like what do I care lady yeah. and, the, and the woman beside me said oh I'm so sorry, she said, but we're just visiting from overseas too. <laughs> In her perfectly normal Australian accent. She yeah. said, my husband will kill me if I didn't get the AFR. <laughs> you know, like he sent me down to get copies of the AFR. So I kind of, I, we bonded over that and I felt not so bad. I didn't get the last AFR. But it just, it was just, it, there are just all these situations that come up. Yeah. And that you think... For example, I thought, oh, I'm in Australia. Supermarkets are open all the time. Every day supermarkets are open, Mm. right? In Germany they're not. They're closed pretty much every second day for some ridiculous reason. So on New Year's Day I just drove up to the supermarket and expected to be open. (laughs) (laughs) And it was not. Now that is certain areas though because you're in the country here. (laughs) So I drove to about seven service stations. So I found one with a little sort of fresh food section where I bought some fresh fruit items and went home to our guests but I just so there's been all these things that have happened and things that I've noticed that that I didn't sort of haven't noticed but it's quite funny because my daughter obviously one of my dreams is watching tennis and cricket on the tv all the time in summer and as we speak the tennis is on in the background (laughs) Wade's on 22 Lava Shane's on 130 yes at the cricket and so but my daughter, so we've been watching all this big bash cricket, which if you're yes. any kind of person from Australia, New Zealand, England, anywhere that wears cricket, you understand the difference between limited overs cricket and test cricket. Yeah. And so this morning we were watching the test and she said, what, what is this cricket? <laughs> That's why, just cricket? Why are they doing this? And I said, well, and and she's been seeing them bat in big bash fashion where they just yes, hit all the ball and score it. lots of runs. Yeah. And she said, why Why didn't he run when he hit the ball? <sighs> I said, well, because it, this has got to go for five days. She said, five days? <laughs> I'm going to go for five days. <laughs> and so I've realised that my children are really un-Australian. Right. And they don't have an accent and they don't – and. Uh, they're, they're both of them because they know they might come here in the next couple of years for various reasons. They're sort of like, what does that mean? I need to know yes. that word. Why yes. is that? And sort of watching ads on TV, which usually is absolutely yeah. out of the question to watch any ads. Yeah. They're interested in watching the ads to see the sort of yes. humour portrayed in the ads and, and sort of the cultural references. Yeah. And we talk about it all the time. But so every time I turn around, they're asking me a question, I think, why don't you know that? You're Australian. Yeah. But they don't have any of those references. And since it's four years since we've been here, that's a long time. Yeah. Uh, Even for us. And so, yeah, even though I feel Australian, and that's another thing, when I was speaking to your kids last night, um, your daughter said, well, you know, I haven't lived in Qatar for two years, so I'm not really from there. (laughs) It's dead to me. I'm from here. I thought, I haven't been to Australia for four years, but I still feel Australian. Yeah. I still say I'm oh, Australian. It's a major difference, though. No, yeah. I know. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. It just really made me think about it. Yes. Like yeah. in two years, it's gone from her. Like, what did she live there for? 
eight yeah. years before that. Yeah. And that's where they too, I think, it's that expat child where they become very cut and dried. Yeah, it is. And chameleon-like. Yeah, just... yeah. Now my daughter said something and I got her, I said, oh, text that to me and she's told me I have to give her credit. We were talking <laughs> about this this morning. You heard it, didn't you, where she drove off. She <laughs> said, you can say that but you have to give me credit. Oh, what were we talking about? But we were talking about travel and whatever and, oh, she was talking about friendships and what was important with yep. her in friendships. And uh, we were talking about two old friends that she's had that are my friend's children and why even though as they've grown up, they've grown up very differently and they have very different personalities that they are very much um important to her because they are something from a long time ago that she can hang on to and she said you don't find comfort in places you find comfort in people and I think that's it and I said to her oh my god Lizzie that's exactly what two fat expats is about that's what that group is about that's that's everything we talk about and why people flock together because it's not about the places it's about the people along the way and I think that's why it can be so cut and dry to them it's like well yeah I've you know we've lived in Jakarta we've lived in KL we've lived in Canada we've lived in Libya we've lived in Houston we've lived in Qatar and now they're here but for them the most important things nothing to do with the location it's just about the people that they've been with yeah, and it was interesting because Lizzie is your oldest daughter and she's the one at university, so yes. international business. Yes. And we talked about what she was going to do when she finished. She said, anywhere, I'm just going to go anywhere. Wow. And it just, in her mind, there is no restriction on where she can go and where she can be. Yes. Because she doesn't have it. Because she has lived a life that has yeah. enabled her to, to have that mindset. Yeah. Or she doesn't think, oh, I wouldn't want to go to, you know, oh, yeah, I couldn't Indonesia go to, yeah. or, you know, um, Canada's really far from home or any yeah. of those things. She, she doesn't have that mindset. She just has the mindset of when I finish I can I'm go gone. anywhere and do anything. Yeah, and it's funny she's doing a five-year degree and she really is. Once that degree is done, poof, I'm off. Because she says, yeah, I've, then I will have been here eight years and that's too long to live anyway. <laughs> That's one thing she did say. Yeah, yeah. well, that's true. I mean, we, we probably say that about Qatar, you know. Oh, my God, we've been here nine years, we've been saying this year. And because we did, you know, I think it was six countries in 11 years. Yeah. Well, so that's my question to you. So uh, it's really weird, but I didn't realise that 2020 is a new decade. I mean, I, yes. I understand that it's a new decade but I didn't feel like there was a big lead up to it I didn't feel like people spent 2019 saying and we'll have this is yes yeah our top list of x things for the decade yeah yeah so 10 years ago yes did you live in Qatar in 2010 were you yes 2010 we moved in November 2009 okay so yeah so we were, we we kicked off. You know, Lizzie had her 10th birthday in Qatar. So you've spent the last decade oh my living gosh. in Qatar. Yes. And I have spent the last decade post-Hong Kong, which to me, because Hong Kong was the start of our expat life and we were yes. there for six years. 2010, we were already in South Africa. Yeah. So I've spent the last decade. Does that mean I've been talking to you for 10 years? It does. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. It, it is. So, yeah, 10 years. So it, it's, it's when you think about it that way, so where were you in your expat life 10 years ago? Well, you were in Doha. With small children. With small children. Blogging. School there. Blogging. blogging. Exactly. Yeah. Four kids, 20 suitcases and a beagle. Yeah. And the beagle's still in Doha. And (laughs) hallelujah, the beagle's still with us. Wow. Okay. So getting back to 2019, Nikki. Yes. What were your favourite things that you watched? Maybe if we stick to sort of three or four. Oh, okay. I'll try really hard. Um, So one thing that is new to me is the Soon app. You go to that restaurant or you need to watch that movie or that TV show or whatever. There's an app for that. Right. So instead of like opening your Evernote or your Notes app or whatever, just having lots of random lists for things. Yes. You can actually open an app called Soon and just register what you want to go. So if you want to go to a restaurant, you put it in and then it will find the website of the restaurant. 
you know, oh. for you. And so it's in your restaurant list. If you want to watch a movie, you go to the movie list, Netflix, oh. whatever, whatever. So I've found I've started using it. I don't know if I'm going to use it forever, but I Expensive thought it was quite or... No, I think it's free. Oh. I wouldn't buy it. No. <laughs> uh, so just to remind you, so if you're listening to this, yeah. of course we always put all our recommendations in the show notes, which can be found on our website, www.twofatexpats.com. But if you do want to think about something, we'll put the soon app and we'll also put that in the show notes in case you forget what yeah. I've called it. So I think for TV, oh, so hard, so many good TV shows this year. Yes. But if I had to choose one, Handmaid's Tale season three. Oh, the Handmaid's Tale. I did. I did. I did really enjoy it, and it took me a while to get into the season. Mm. And I did have two other contenders for that, but I'm, I'll be brief and I won't mention them. I didn't get past episode one uh, of the first season of season three. Ah, uh, yes, you had to get into it a little hard. bit. It was harder. Yeah. But it was it, dark and hard. But by the time you got to the end, I, I was really in it. Yes. Like you had to commit and yes. you had to stick with it. Yeah, and I, I just don't think I've got it in me. I think I've realised that there are certain things that just affect me too much and I can't that's do fair. them. And I, I think that's age too. And it's also, yes, I, I, part of it is age, but I think part of it is more knowing your own self and yeah. just saying, I ain't got time for that. Yeah, or or that is going to really, I'm, yeah. it's going to take me ages to get out of that. Yes. Yeah. And so you know yourself better about it, so yes. you decide not to do it. Yeah. So that was it. What about for you? Uh, years and years. Yes. Well, that was on my list. So glad yeah. You yeah. yeah. Look, I have raved about years and years to everyone, and if um, it's a BBC production, if you're looking for it, I just cannot recommend it more what i've found interesting about years and years is i don't like using the word dystopian even though it is a dystopian view of the world of what could happen in the future i think that makes it sound too almost space-like and hunger games and whatever it's not because it's still so real and and feels like it's could be happening two years rather than 10 years um but what I found interesting is maybe I oversold it to the kids. I don't know. But my children watched it and weren't as affected by it because for them it was like, yeah, but that is all happening now. Why are you so blown away by it? Well, I think for them it's incremental, right? So they look yes. at how we live now and it's a very incremental step to a lot of those things. Yes. In my mind. Yes. But then we think about how we grew up. Yes. And what a massive step it yes. is to that. That's it. That's, That's what I think it. might be the it's the relevance. Yeah. So it's the relevance to them and they're like, Yeah, well, sure. Yeah. yeah. Seems legit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um so yeah, that of course was the one with Emma Thompson playing yes. the Trump like character mm. and it was all in the UK with the different families. But there was just so much of it where uh probably the I think it had such a great arc in each yeah. episode as well. But so much where it finished and you were like, oh, and also I think because I had to watch it week by week, I couldn't just binge it all at once. <laughs> so I think that even made it better because I had that feeling that we no longer seem to have anymore where you're just busting to see the next, to episode. See the next yep. episode. So, yeah, I absolutely loved it. What else did you have, Nikki? Well, I think for podcasts it's so hard because I love so many podcasts and listen to them, but the end of Startup, so the last season of Startup, mm. where they talked about selling to Spotify and whatever. So Startup was mm. my first, after This American Life, which mm. everyone already listened to, Startup was my first sort of intro to podcasts and mm. why I love them and why mm. I wanted to do one and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So I think that it's very special, the Startup last mm, season yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. I haven't done it yet, but, yeah, I felt the same about Startup. I think it was just fascinating missing at the beginning and, yeah, because he'd come from that This yes. American Life world. Um, yeah, so I haven't done it and I would like to do it. Now, I have put down, because I've got something that isn't a podcast and isn't a book and isn't a oh. television series, that I have loved this year, um, the Greek custom of Vasilopita, which is what we did the other night. I had a New Year's Eve party. We Can you remember Vasilopita and what we had to do? Well, I just missed out my <laughs> one slide of the cake so to give people an idea because this was because I was thinking years and years was very close in mind because we only watched it a couple of months ago yep. you you'd watch it much earlier than me because you saw it in the in Europe but so 
usually January 1 here at the beach, we walk down the street to our friends, Connor Maria, who are both um, of Greek heritage. They're Aussies, but um, um, both their parents are of Greek heritage and grandparents, etc. And they celebrate um, Vasilopita where they make a cake and there is a coin in the cake and it's very much run by the matriarch of the family and she uh, gets to take the first cut as the eldest and then it ev- as you go down through the ages, everyone has a piece of cake. And so you can imagine the excitement of small children at the table watching as Uncle Jim has a piece and Uncle Chris has a piece and Kirsty has a piece and Greg has a piece, etc. And um, we have been doing this with them for the last, I want to say we've been doing it with them for the last few years, but this year... Um, for our New Year's Eve party, Maria bought a cake here, and we oh, did. So you don't it. normally do it at the party. No, oh, usually okay. we usually we head over there on January first with all of their family ah. and do it with their family. But Maria said, "No, this year we're going to do Vasilopita at your house, and we'll do one." And um, I just love. I thought it was such a brilliant way to bring in the new year, in that they had the cake, explain the tradition. And I missed the bit where Greg tried to explain the tradition, which he didn't really understand. So I know Maria's given him bullet points for next year. But we're going to make it a tradition here from now on. But I just uh, love the idea of whoever gets that piece of uh, cake with the coin, that's good luck to them for for the rest of the year. That's right. So, yeah, and I just I, I just love that you can still have pieces of other people's culture wherever you are. Do you know, yeah. expat or not. That's true. Uh, so you've got that. What about for movies or? Bohemian Rhapsody for me because my children loved it, I loved it, and it is a movie I would sit down and watch again. I haven't seen it. So oh, you're so lucky that you've got that coming up. <laughs> like, oh, it's so good. Okay, what about you for movies? Did you have one? I didn't have a favourite movie for the year. I don't think I went to the cinema and saw anything mind-blowing. I did see, which I do remember going to the movie and seeing, did make an impact on me, was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which Mm -hmm. was the movie about Charles Manson's followers and it sort of gave a bit of an alternative ending on it and it was a Quentin Tarantino movie. And it was one of those Quentin Tarantino movies that you watch and then you get right into it and you forget it's a Quentin Tarantino movie and then something happens and then you oh. really, really <laughs> you think, that's right, this is a Quentin Tarantino movie. I'd say that had the biggest impact on me for the year. But I wouldn't say it's my favourite movie of the year, but it's certainly the most memorable. It springs to mind yeah. if I'm thinking about movies that so I watched. So what was it called again? Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right. Someone plays Sharon Tate. Margot Robbie plays Sharon uh, Tate in that movie, yes. Okay. All right. Okay, a book that I returned to this year was uh, Tuesdays with Mari by Mitch Album. And I've just given it a mention because it's an old book. It's not this year. It's not recent, whatever. But I um, bought that book for my eldest Lizzie when she was going to be in France for Christmas a few years ago when she was on exchange. And she absolutely loved it. And then this Christmas said to me, um, can you... Can I have another Mitch album? Now, we did a thing this Christmas where last Christmas, I don't know if you remember, I had the total meltdown about Christmas was too complicated, too much, too yep. stressful, so too everything. One book, one, yeah. Yeah, so something something to, now I'll probably destroy this, something to eat, something to read, something you want, something you need. Yes. So it was very simple this year and everybody did get something to read so they could all wander off and have something, whatever, yes. in their own little chockies and then, they all got the special present of something they really wanted and then something I thought they might need. So it was so much simpler. But, yes, I bought her the latest Mitch album, which is called Finding Chica, uh, kind of very much about family and it's a real memoir of sort of love and, and loss. Has she read it and did she enjoy it? Read it, loved it. I do enjoy his books. I, I do enjoy his writing. I think yeah. It's lovely. Yeah, yeah, no, she really loved it as well. Um, but I, I do love that whole gift of a book in that Lizzie will always remember now that she read that book when she was in France over Christmas, do you know, yeah. like it stayed with her. 
and and I think as a parent to be able to say um, uh, sorry. <laughs> I have to tell, I have to include this in the podcast. So while we're talking and being very serious about Mitch Album and whatever, <laughs> I have had a text from my neighbour who my brother-in-law, who definitely deserves a big shout-out on this podcast this year, who is an expat in Hong Kong, has lost 45 kilos this year and solely from massive exercise diet all the stuff lifestyle you know you've changes. got to do lifestyle changes whatever he's and he's gone hard and he's just been amazing and I had a picture of him today that I showed to our neighbors who met him this time yeah. last year in South Australia and I said who's this and none of them could recognize him and so uh they're all saying oh my god that's amazing and my neighbor said I want to lose 45 kilos but my neighbor has just sent through a text that says I want to lose 45 kilos but I've just sunk three beers and eaten half a block of cheese (laughs) (laughs) that's holiday so this is one of my questions for you uh, that I want to ask before I forget and I think everyone will forgive us for a little little bit unstructured this week yeah but when so when we come here it's like yes I'll have that gay time because I never have a gay time when I'm not here yes I'll have that dip my favourite uh, cashew red yes, chilli dip. Yes. yes, I will have some Mercy Valley cheese. Yes, yes, we can have the Marvel's Creations Cadbury's chocolate yes. bar when we go shopping. Yes. All this kind of stuff because it's on holidays. But because you come here and this is your home, how do you manage that? And this is my problem. <laughs> and this is what I talk about all the time. I try to tell people that my mindset, it's terrible because... I only lose weight when I'm in Qatar because I go and I'd love to talk to other expats that are doing the same thing as me about this because someone asked me the other day, and this is all in the same picture, it makes sense, just bear with me. Someone asked me the other day, what time do I get up when I'm here, right? (laughs) And I went on this convoluted discussion about opening curtains and when I'm available (laughs) for people to come and blah, 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 and I could see that they were getting really frustrated with no I don't care when you let people in the door and I don't care when do you get up and the aunt, I realized though the answer was I have no set time wake up time here I work from home yeah. so and some mornings I take my children to school and some mornings I don't and so there is no set I'm up at five or I'm up at six or because some mornings I'm up at six some mornings I'm up at 7.45. Do you oh, know? I thought you were going to say yeah. nine. No. <laughs> never nine, never nine. But it's, do you know, I just don't have that routine and that's the other thing because this house to me identifies as holiday and Australia and whatever. So if you live in Qatar, there are only certain certain wines that are available to you in your price range. Yes. If you live in Australia, every wine is in your price range because there's Almost, so many yes. <laughs> fantastic wines. And I have mentioned before where we're sitting right now, we are within the range of 71 wineries. So, yeah, it's very hard to not go, oh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have that cheese or I'm going to have that chocolate because in three weeks' time I'll be back in Doha and I won't have it. But then again, I'm quite often back here again in another month or two and I'm back on it again. So, yeah, that is a really tough Because it was my question because I think we're here for three weeks and I think, oh, God, and it's a nightmare. But we yes. do, and I'm like, you know what, yes, you can have a cheesy might scroll. Yes, you can have a finger bun. And I'm saying, yes. yes, you can. That sometimes mostly needs me as well. You know, you can have all these things that we don't have where yes. we are. Yes, And Yes, you can buy the twisties. You know, yes, yes, we'll put the twisties in. So there's all this stuff. And I just think if I was like you and came here for a certain yes. portion of the year, would I be able to manage myself? Yeah. <laughs> and is that part of the whole repat thing? Do people, when they repatriate, do they put on a stack of weight oh. because they go back? That's a question I want answered. Um <laughs> You know, do you because you're so excited and you're back and whatever? I don't know. And and it is too that you're living in this dual world where, oh, well, I'm not going to buy a gym membership because I'm not here all the time. I'm not going to get that personal trainer because I'm only here for a few weeks, even though you're going to be back again. And nothing 
nothing goes in with that world either. Like I've been to F45 and I've been for my three weeks, you know, trial. Yeah. But they don't have a program for the person that comes and goes and comes and goes and can't give, you know, set dates. Um, So, yeah, it is a really screwy way to live. Yeah, Yeah, and I guess you just have to implement your own. Um, you have to be very disciplined yourself. Disciplined, yeah. And, and know, that's like p- people who travel for business all the time. Yes. When you travel for business, it's it's hard because, you know, as much as I would deny it to my husband in his flying business class and don't, and the last time he called me from a plane, he was like showering. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I don't give me that drama. But it is. Like you can't sit down and have a salad. I just feel like a salad. You yes. have to go to a restaurant and you get a salad which has all sorts of accompaniments that, Yes. You wouldn't have if you just made a salad at home yes. and that kind of thing. You don't really get that. Yeah. And like travelling for business is like what you're doing. You're, you're coming here going, oh, just have to, I'm yes. home so I have to go to the supermarket because the fridge is bare because last time I emptied the fridge because I won't, wasn't yes. going to be here for two months. Yeah. Now I can fill up the fridge. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll just have a sneaky glass of wine and I'll just, you know, oh, I'm sitting on the couch watching TV that's so exciting to me because I don't, you know, actually usually get to do this in real time. I'll have a piece of chocolate and because I'm on, I'm in my holiday house. Yeah, very much. And I think it is, it's self-discipline. But I have taken inspiration from Uncle Andrew and his 45 kilos. Uncle I've Andrew's got, a legend. Uncle Andrew is an absolute legend and I, I'm so incredibly proud of him because I just think that is a mammoth effort for yes, one, it year. Is. Like one year. Like mammoth effort. Okay, last um, thing that I really enjoyed on the telly was Killing Eve season two. Oh, that's on my list of things I'm looking forward to oh, in 2020. Well, let's talk about that because I, I I actually don't have things I'm looking forward to, but I want to hear about <laughs> things you're looking forward to. And if I can think of one, I'll tell you. Tell me what you're looking forward well, to. Well, I'm looking forward to Killing Eve season three. Yes. Because one and two, fantastic. Yes. Very, very good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Fleabag if there's a next season because <gasps> Fleabag season two. Is- you know where Fleabag was amazing in that, Season one was good. Yeah. But season two was yeah. off the charts. Everyone says that, right? So yeah. you think, wow, you want to watch season three. You don't want to be disappointed, yeah. but you really want to watch it. And, you know, season one for me was a little, she was just a little bit too much. I was thinking, well, am I too old for this? Or am I too past this? She's just a bit, it's right. too in your face. Okay. But season two, I just thought the story was just beautifully told wasn't it yeah and then the other thing is sex education season two is coming out Ah, i love sex education yes uh, which was the gillian anderson set in the english countryside she's a sex therapist and her son uh her son starts giving sex therapy talks at school right not not talks but he starts selling his sex yes i remember that yeah loved it It's, it's coming out in january so they're on my list I'm also looking forward to watching how the streaming wars come out. See, this is the thing I, that I, I feel was the most disappointing thing of 2019. Oh, I, Disney Plus. The, uh, the arrival of Disney Plus. The arrival of Disney Plus and Apple TV. In that I think it's made a mess of everything, <laughs> but it's now just more. Do you know we now have even more? I was sitting last night. I wanted to watch. So when you guys all left last night, yeah. um, I thought, right, I'm going to have a big clean-up and, and have one of those nice clean-ups where everyone's gone to bed and you think, right, yeah. you know, I washed out cupboards and shelves. And, oh, my goodness. Oh, because we were at the stage, like we're at the end of that holiday period where it's just, you know, everyone's put your Tupperware away yeah. in the wrong places and there's just <laughs> you just crud let in the bottom of the whatever. <laughs> And um, so I put on Catastrophe season three, the last last season. So good. It's very, very good. So I thought I'm going to have that on the background while I'm washing the dishes and cleaning out the oven and doing whatever. But it was that whole, oh, now what's Catastrophe on? No, I don't need to pay for it on iTunes. Um, Is it on Netflix? No, it's on Stan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for you, Prime. Um, But I think I pay for Amazon Prime too. So I think with the Apple TV I had to go, uh, you know, catastrophe and then it offered me the options of do you want to watch it here or here. And I was like, oh, this is just too too much. Like it, it really is... Remember the simple life of when you just had one and so, one so place to get here's your the magical info from? thing. So you had 
the one place to get everything from, which was your cable TV. Yeah. Which had all the channels. Yeah. And then everyone. Oh, came. no. So you're speaking American. No, but also <laughs> in, in, in where I lived in Hong Kong and where yeah. I lived in, um, if you wanted more channels with more stuff, you got cable TV. Yeah. Whatever country I've ever lived in. Right. Before we left Australia, you either had Optus or Foxtel in the olden days. That's what you had. Yes, before we Stan, did before all that. Yeah. Oh, we did. Okay. Yeah. And then when I went to Hong Kong, you bought the bigger the package you bought on your cable TV, the more channels you got. Yeah. But not necessarily new stuff. Not new stuff, but but that, that yeah. was the only way to access TV. Yeah. That was how it existed. Yeah. yeah. And then these channels like HBO and Showtime came along and then yeah. spent a lot of money making shows. So they thought, oh, we want to do it separately so yeah. you have to pay you can buy this massive cable tv package with yeah. 167 channels yeah but if you want us you have to pay an extra eight dollars a month or whatever yeah. and that's the time we hit the states so then we had this amazingly expensive yes so like we're in america we can watch all the channels in the yeah. world <laughs> yeah and everything else um and then everyone said no no i don't want to pay for you know all the things i don't watch yeah i only want to pay for what i do watch yeah and so people have cut back and cut back and cut back and then, but now everyone said, well, we can't let Netflix rule the world because they were going down the rule the world track. Yeah. And so everyone has, and so my daughter said to me, I know, so she has Christmas now and she has her birthday in September, which is quite a long time to wait if you're like wanting presents. Yeah. So for my birthday, I'd really like to get Disney Plus because they're taking all the Disney Channel shows off Netflix. Yes. And I want to watch Disney Plus. I said, oh, well, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. She said, yeah, but uh. And so I think now we're going down this path where we have Netflix, we have Amazon Prime, we have Stan, Stan or Hulu or, or whatever. Or, Apple. Or you go to Apple and buy the episode by episode or buy a series. And now people are going back to spending the same amount of money that they were spending before. And so there's going to be another day of reckoning, I think. But I don't think it will come this year. I think it might be another year or so. And I did notice we had the additional one of we have Foxtel here for sport. Yes. So, of course, the cricket's on on Boxing Day and we've got our new 65-inch TV, which is ridiculous, but here it is. And... um, and my husband says, uh, we don't have the high definition. And I said, oh, I'm pretty sure they offered that in the package, but we didn't have a high definition TV. So I said, no, we didn't need it. So I text them because now you can even text them. You don't even need to chat <laughs> online. I text Foxtel and say, hey, you know when you offered us that high definition in our package, we have high, a high definition TV. So can you just add that in? Oh, yeah, that'll be $10 a month. Of course. And... But no, you were going to give it to me, and and, and you know I really should have just taken it, even though I didn't need it. My bad. But um, yeah, so there I am now. But I can cancel it at any time because they know that. Of course, I'm not going to remember to cancel it before I leave the high definition. <laughs> or am I going to be thinking by then? Oh, but then I get the football in high definition, and I will pay that extra ten. <laughs> You'll pay we, anything for football. I know. It and we are back to, to you know this same. You know, Nikki. I think we've even done a whole episode on it on how to cancel. Or all these yes, descriptions. we have. Yes, um, and how to track them. Yeah, track them and ensure you're not over subscribing. Go yes. to your bank accounts and then to cancel them. And yes, just see how you live without them. Yeah, it's tricky, tricky times yes. ahead in 2020. What else are you looking decade. forward to? Uh, well, I'm looking forward to getting a, a rhythm in our family. This is nothing I'm going to see, watch, or hear um, for our with my husband commuting. So he's just yes. done that for the last couple of months and we're so, not really in a rhythm yet and we're not really sorted out how it all works and who does what and goes where and when. Yeah. And the kids are a little bit unsettled. Everything's just a bit unsettled. Yeah. And so I'm looking forward to 2020 to just settling that all down and feeling that we've got that, got a handle on that, got it under yeah. control. Yeah. And it does sound really hard, Nikki. I didn't think until I got to, and this is why it's so good that we've got to sit down and talk to each other and we need to make sure we do this more often, is I don't think I realised just how hard Sam's life was where he's been. Oh, to. don't I'm worry so about But no, I mean, no, yes, like yes. I always think of you, right? Yeah. Because I'm talking as you should. Because <laughs> I'm talking to you and saying to you, oh, you're on your own, you're trying to run the house and you're trying to do yeah. this and you're trying to do that. And I've been very worried about you and how much you've had on your plate. 
But then talking to Sam last night and seeing his living of, you know, he's basically back in like almost, he calls it student accommodation, but it's, <laughs> it's nice. Not. It's very nice, dude. But he's back house sharing because he's yeah. floating in and out and it's an expensive city to live and all the rest of it. Um, and, you know, that he doesn't eat really any meals at home <laughs> because he gets fed at work and all the rest. But, um, yeah, it's a it's a tough year. You guys are going into a very tough year. Yeah, but then at the end of this year, there's only six months left, and then and yeah. so I just think this year is really sort of an embedding down year for us, and if we can make it through this year, then yeah, we're Gucci, as my daughter likes to say. And the most important thing, I guess, is not to wish it away. Yeah, yeah, because you'll be thinking, you know, it's that whole phrase: we've just got to get through this year, and then we've only got six right. months more, and then you kind of spend the whole year wishing it away, and you think. Well, well, that was the whole year I had with my kids and my whatever and I should have been making the most of it. I have a similar one in that my son has one, my youngest son has one more year in Doha and then he'll go to school. And it's been interesting because we were talking to you and Sam last night and Sam was saying, you know, oh, how do you feel about being on your own and yes. whatever. And I was really thinking about it when I was cleaning up last night and I think what... What I should have said to Sam is that the thing about when your child, I think when all your children are at home, you think, oh, my gosh, my children are going to leave home and they'll be gone. Do you know, like this part of my life will be done and they will be gone. And it isn't until your children leave that you realise, I know they're never going. (laughs) They're They're still here. And I'm still doing things for them and I'm still chasing things up and I'm still having conversations with teachers and coaches and whatever and I'm still getting all this stuff done. And so, sorry, that's an alarm, I think, of a beach house across the road. Someone's (laughs) obviously, the cleaner's obviously arrived or something. Um, But I still find I'm very much consumed by my children's lives even though they're not there. Do you know you have that? By the time I've spoken to each of my children every day, there's two hours gone, do you know, yes. like even if I've just spent half an hour. So there is a lot. But um, uh, so, yes, I am looking forward to really making the most of this year with him and trying to make sure that he doesn't wish it away because he's quite keen to get away to school. Um, but really trying to make sure we do everything we can with him and make the most of it. Okay, so, Nikki, it's probably time to wrap up. How long have we been I think going? it is. It's way over your... Uh, <laughs> but there, it's, it's been so lovely. It's been weird sitting here looking at you and talking to you. Yes, but <laughs> so day. much. It's so much easier, don't you think? I, I do think so. I do. But, yeah. you know, and so it, we'll have to make sure that this year, as my husband said, we have to have some events yes, and go. Definitely. And uh, every time we do, we'll record a podcast. And definitely a Singapore event. That is definitely going to happen. Yeah, so we will. We'll have to make sure we do this again. And you'll just have to come back to Australia every Christmas from now on. <laughs> well, once my children are here, that's a yeah. possibility that we'll have to yeah. consider that. So, okay. All Onwards right. and upwards. Yes. Great to be here. Thanks All for right. having me. See you later. Thank you, Moffat. Bye bye. Catch you later.